0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at FUMCBentonville.org or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok.
1: Praise the Lord. We are in this series where we are looking at the positive sum reign of God and... How when we meet God, when we give to God, God has a way of meeting us and exceeding our expectations. Today we're going to dig into how we sometimes come to meet God. Whether we bring all that we can or not. And whether the expectations that we have on each other are what God actually means for us. I'm also going to say that I had a typo in listing the first scripture. So I'm sure that they dutifully followed my instructions. But if we end at verse 29, it ends mid-sentence. So I'm going to keep reading. It won't necessarily be on the screen. (laughs) But I didn't want to leave you hanging. So we're going to hear two passages, one from uh, Mark chapter 10 and then one from Mark 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. As Jesus continued down the road, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he responded, I've kept all these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him he said you are lacking one thing go sell what you own and give the money to the poor then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me but the man was dismayed at this statement and went away saddened because he had many possessions looking around jesus said to his disciples it will be very hard for the wealthy to enter god's kingdom His words startled the disciples. So Jesus told them again, children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. They were shocked even more and said to each other, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. Peter said to him, look, we've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farms because of me and because of the good news will receive 100 times as much now in this life, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and farms with harassment and in the coming age, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Many rich people were throwing in lots of money. One poor widow came forward and put in two small copper coins worth about a penny. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray, amen. So my dad loved to give me mind bender riddles to work on. And some of these I got really quickly and some of them took A long time to unravel. Probably the one that I that I figured out the fastest was this riddle. There's a plane has crashed on the border of the United States and Canada. Where do you bury the survivors? The next riddle that I solved in a decent amount of time was there's a frog at the base of a 30-foot well. Every day the frog jumps up three feet and slides back two. How many days does it take the frog to get out of the well? And then the one that took an embarrassing amount of time to solve. Years. Railroad crossing, look out for the cars. Can you spell that without any R's? It's because of these riddles... And the amount of time that it took and the energy that it took and how it racked my brain that I both love and hate coming across such riddles. So right now I'm in the process of re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and in it there is a riddle that is passed back and forth between the staff. You have 12 people. 11 of those people weigh exactly the same. One of them is either heavier or lighter. And you have to determine Who is the one who is heavier or lighter and the only tool that you have is a teeter-totter or a seesaw depending on what you call it? But you can only use it three times Now I thought this was very easy. I was like, okay, you split them into six and six And then whichever one tips down you take those six and break them into three and three and then whichever one tips down you take those Three and put two of them on and if it's even then you know the third person is the one who is Lighter or heavier except then I thought about wait a minute. I'm always picking the tip down option and If the person was in fact lighter Then I needed at the very beginning with those two split into six. I needed to pick the lighter option This is a riddle where you're trying to figure out things that are out of balance These two passages that I just read for you are also riddles where things are out of balance. The rich young man has had a challenge put before him. He thinks he is in balance. He follows all the rules. He has kept all of the commandments. But then Jesus looks at him and loves him. That is one of the few times in the Bible when we are told Jesus looks at someone and loves them. He looks and loves and sees in that man what is really weighing him down. What is tipping his spiritual scales out of balance is that he has so much stuff and that he values that stuff over and above the potential relationship he could have with God because it grieves him to even think of walking away from it Jesus has given him an invitation to release him from the things that are weighing him down To set him free of the things that have a hold on him To set him free of the things that are tipping the scales in the wrong direction and yet The man goes away grieved And as far as we know, although we don't know the end of the man's story as far as we know he has chosen the tipped scales Now we have the widow with two coins, and it looks like she has chosen the path that was given to the rich young man. It looks like if the challenge was put before her to give up everything that she has and follow God, she has willingly done so, thrown the last bit of money that she had to even live on into the plate. Given everything she owns. But is that actually balance? Let's remember that this woman is described as a widow. And over and over and over in the Bible we are told that the responsibility of the people of God, that to be a faithful person, is to care for widows, orphans, and strangers in your midst. When the community of faith is doing that, things are in balance. When we neglect the care of widows and strangers and orphans, then we are out of balance and we receive the doom of the prophets. We are in that moment of doom here with Jesus. But in order to see that, we have to pull back. One of the things that I loved about when we all read the Bible together is how many of you said, I've never recognized that this story was right next to this story, was right next to this story. And when you put them in the context of the stories that they're next to, it has a tendency to change their meaning. So if we back up and look at the passage that was just before, then we hear these words. As he was teaching Jesus, he said, watch out for the legal experts for the scribes. They like to walk around in long robes. They want to be greeted with honor in the markets. They long for places of honor in the synagogues and at banquets. They are the ones who cheat widows out of their homes and to show off they say long prayers. They will be judged most harshly. Other translations of this will say, these are the ones who devour widows' houses. So we have just been warned, watch out for the people that devour widows' houses. And then this woman, this widow, comes forward and puts everything she has, puts her life at risk, gives herself over to ultimate poverty, to the temple. And then, following that, Jesus says, as Jesus left the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what awesome stones and buildings. Jesus responded, do you see these enormous buildings? Not even one stone will be left upon another. All will be demolished So what we have here is a warning that when we take advantage of widows We're in trouble and then a widow Who feels some kind of pressure to put everything she has Into the coffers at the temple and then a warning from Jesus the temple is going to be torn down. Why? Because it's devouring widows houses Jesus can celebrate this woman's generosity of heart, but he can also lay out an indictment against the temple that is accepting, perhaps even demanding of this widow, that she give everything she has to her own risk. Her house is being devoured by the temple, and so the temple will be torn down. Some of you have heard reference to something called the prosperity gospel, which Presents this theology that you better be willing to give everything that you have to God. And when you do that, you'll be blessed. And proof of how blessed you are is how much stuff is heaped back into your life. That is a perversion of the gospel, my friends. But it is not an invention of the last 40 years. It is something that has been present in our faith from the beginning of our faith. There's always been this tension. There's always been this chance that the scales would get out of balance. And what should the temple be? What should the church be? But a place that helps us get the scales back in balance. It should be a place where we share resources and gifts and presents and point of view. And ways of living. It should be a place where all are welcome at the table and all bring so that no one suffers. And there's all kinds of ways to bring. And the reality is, and I've said this over and over and over, there's always enough. We serve a God of abundance, not of scarcity. There is always enough. In fact, there is more than enough. And when the scales are in balance, it's not just that we are in true community, but also that the scales get lifted because when we all bring in and we all contribute and we level out the playing field again, then there's more and we're raised up higher. But it is admittedly very difficult work. It is so hard to break the back of inequality, to break the back of hierarchy, to break that of exclusion and economic division. It's very difficult to do that. We try to do that here. We seek to be a place where all are welcome, where everyone's gift, whether it's monetary or it's a gift of presence, or it's a gift of way of life, is recognized and honored As something precious brought before God and something that strengthens the whole of the community and I have gotten to celebrate over and over and over this week the pouring out of gifts this very worship service Celebrates that we all get to come together and pour out our gifts And it doesn't matter about worship style and doesn't matter what kind of music that you like What matters is that we're all bringing something before God and we can all celebrate that together But I've also gotten to see it in Confirmation this weekend when we had the Confirmation Retreat and our kids went to the Islamic Center and created community across religious boundaries with other children. And we left with an invitation to come to the breaking of the Ramadan feast. Because our kids gave of themselves to that place and that presence and showed love and experienced love across things that should have divided us, that should have thrown us out of balance. And then we recognize that there are different moments in time and different places in life that we need to be present with one another. We have a group that's pulling together Fun Friday Fellowship for retired folks to come and gather. And that's out of passions that some in our community have had that our retired folks need to have authentic places of community where they can gather and laugh and play games and have fun together. And they've brought that gift forward and given that space. And that starts this coming Friday, one 30 to three 30. And then some women gathered together and said, we want to put together a women's retreat. So they're working on planning that for April. These are all people that are bringing forward gifts, giving of themselves in a way to create spaces of community, to create places where barriers are broken down, to create places where we might gather together as one. But we don't do it perfectly every time. This week I heard a story of a class that we recently held here. It's actually a class that's tied into some offerings that are given across the state. We offered to host one of those this week. And in hosting that class, we made some decisions that we were intentional about making a more welcoming space and a place where people could feel equal no matter where they stood in the world. And so we kept the cost of the class down to a bare minimum, basically the cost of a book. And we did not offer lunch because other places that offer this in the state can't afford to offer lunches for everybody, so we didn't want to throw things out of balance that way. So we invited everyone to bring their lunch, and especially we wanted to say we recognize there are different dietary needs and allergies and that sort of thing, and we want to honor that. So please bring your own lunch, and we'll share in a meal together. Well, because of who we are, because of our welcome statement, there was a gentleman in that class who is a gay man, and he felt at home in this place. And he felt safe sharing about who he is and what his struggles are. But in that same class, there was a man who just a few weeks ago was homeless. He came, but couldn't afford the book and couldn't bring his lunch. And in the decisions that we made that we thought were being welcoming, we actually created a space where someone was excluded. So we have to do differently. (laughs) We've decided next time we will offer soup. For anybody who wants to come have soup, so it's not extravagant meal, it doesn't create that kind of exclusion, and we will still say if you want to bring your own lunch, bring your own lunch, but we'll at least have a meal there present so someone doesn't have to feel singled out and excluded. And that's the challenge y'all, it's hard. It's hard finding places where true and authentic community exists, where equality is present, where there is a breaking down of barriers because there are so many barriers. But you know what? We got to keep trying. We got to keep trying. We got to keep working on this riddle. Just like I worked on the riddles that my dad gave me. So, if a plane crashes on the border of the United States and Canada, where do you bury the survivors? you don't bury survivors. (laughs) If a frog's at the bottom of a 30-foot well and every day jumps up three feet and slides back two, how many days does it take him to get out of the well? 28, because on the 28th day he jumps from 27 feet and hits the top of the well and doesn't slide back. Railroad crossing, look out for the cars. Can you spell that without any R's? I tried for years to go A-I-L-O-A-D-C-O-S-S-I-N-G. And my dad would just laugh. Can you spell that without any R's? T-H-A-T. But when it comes to the teeter-totter challenge, I don't want to figure that out so that we single out the one who is different. Instead, what I want is when the teeter-totter is tipped this way, that those tipped this way push up with their legs and those on this side lean forward or back to bring everything back in balance so that the one who is different is not pointed out. We can celebrate diversity without singling out difference. And that is the balancing act. That is the charge before us.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo. At FUMC Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.